0: Welcome to polls of Asian American Issues, Bow for Thought. We are university students covering important topics that Asian Americans face, coming to you from the Asian American Studies Department at UC Davis. After finishing one bowl of Asian American Issues, you will look forward to diving into the next. Get your chopsticks ready for today's poll of Asian American Issues. Come in hot. Today's poll is on Asian Americans and speaking their native langu- language with Today's host, Kim Fung Tran, and Andy Chang, Maxi Liu, Primo Kao, and Kevin Tran. Let's dig in. First up, we will discuss a- Asian-American experiences with speaking their native language. But before we do that, let's let's start by defining what a native language is. So according to Daco, a native language quote refers to the language a person acquires in early childhood because it is spoken in the family and or it is is the language of the region where the child lives. This is also referred to as one's mother tongue or first language. Now here is a story from Maxi about her experience with her native
1: language. Thank you, Kim Phong. Uh, For those Asian-American who speak their native tongue as a first language, they have a bond to the native culture. First language has the power to influence people learning, living, and thinking because people tend to read books, watch movies, and have discussions in their first language. For example, I love reading, but I tend to read books in Chinese, and I also have the ability to feel the beauty of Chinese culture since the language is a medium to the culture. So Asian American who speak in their native language at the first language would be more accessible to their native culture. And now let's listen to Kim Fong's own
0: experience. For some Asian-Americans, English might be their first language. In a book written by Angel Trezzo, a PhD student in cultural studies at UC Davis, and He Kim, a PhD student in education at Harvard, they explored the idea of microaggressions and, na- and languages. Trazo described her experience of going to office hours for an assignment and was questioned by her professor if she spoke any other languages. This led to Trazo having to confirm that English was her first language. From looking at this experience, we can see how language ties in with microaggressions. Trazo noted that by assuming she spoke another language based on her racial phenotype, she was seen as a perpetual foreigner. This would not have happened if she was white. On a similar note, I wanted to share my experience with my native language. I grew up learning two languages, Cantonese and English. However, in my experience, I felt that when I started to to learn English and consume media in English, I also started to form a language barrier with my parents. I think it can feel a little frustrating, but. I also feel I can continue to improve my Cantonese to close the gap a little too.
1: Our second topic is about why there are less Asian Americans speak in their native language. From the data of the Pew Research Center, it shows that there are less and less Asian Americans speaking in their native languages. There are 62% of Asian Americans says they most often describe themselves by using the country where they are from or their family originated. 19% most often describe themselves as Asian or Asian-American. From here, we can see most Asian-Americans have cultural identity for their native culture. And the strong majority of Asian-Americans, like 80%, 80 says it is at least somewhat important for them that the future generation of Asians living in the US be able to speak their native language. However, less than half says it's very important and a relatively few US born Asian Americans are proficient in their ancestral language. Only 14% says they they can carry on conversation in that language very well. So what are the reasons that, why why there are less and less Asian Americans speaking in their native languages Let us welcome Andy to talk about more details.
2: Thank you, Maxi. So here I can three potential reasons. First, there's not a good environment for them to properly learn the language. My two cousins in San Diego can speak Chinese, but not fluently, even though my uncle kind of forced them to use Chinese at home. But when they communicate with each other privately, they still prefer to use English because they feel more comfortable with speaking in English. So as you can imagine, If the parents being careless about whether the kids can speak in their native language or not, it would just be even harder for the kid to learn. Secondly, there is not a real pressure for them to learn. This is kind of related to the first reason, but more in a society standpoint. Just like the research stated, only 45% of Asian Americans think that learning their native language is very important. Because for the most part of their life, they can just use English to solve the problem. Therefore, learning their native language is not essential for them. Lastly, it's a systematic discrimination and social engineering. In September 2020, a professor in University of Southern California taught a Chinese word, which happened to sound like the N word in English, then got fired. The principal wrote a letter to the students saying that, even though the word doesn't mean the same as the N word, but it still hurts people's feelings. So to preserve the idea of diversity around campus, they decided to fire the professor as penalty. For me, this is a part of systematic discrimination because on one side, they claim that they want to preserve the diversity culture around campus. But on the other side, they decided to fire somebody just because they teach a word in Asian language. This this definitely discouraged us as an Asian to have the right to speak our native language. So Primo, I heard you experienced something about being discriminated by speaking in your native language. Do you want to share about it?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to share my personal experience that the microaggression happens on me. In my first year in college, once I went to a school restaurant with my friends and chatting in my native language, then we were warned by the cashier of the restaurant when we swiping our ID card. She told us that we should only speak English everywhere in campus and that's why we we're here. She thought we were here to learn English since we are international students, so we should never speak our native language. At that time, I was surprised because I thought the universities should allow use of foreign languages in campus. I didn't realize that it was a form of discrimination. I only felt uncomfortable and aggressive. Later on, I found out that most people here allow foreigners to speak with their own languages. It was just that Kashir's personal opinion, but it indeed offended me and my friends. That's one of our topics, that people should allow the, ex- the existence of other forms of language language, though they may not like it, they should not accuse others for using their own languages. Cultures have differences, but people should not judge which is good or which is bad. Instead, we should accept others and embrace the difference, which will result in a better world.
4: Primo's story strikes a chord with me, and it brings us to our final topic for today, language discrimination. There's this really insightful quote by Kiki Takeyama, a contributor of Fight the Tower. She says that English as a second language or English with an accent is a discriminatory factor that international schools or ethnic minorities face. However, just because someone doesn't speak English fluently or well, that doesn't mean that they aren't intelligent. Something that we need to remember is that for many, English is their second or even third language. Allow me to give an example to help put this into perspective. I grew up speaking Vietnamese in my house, and now I can't even read or write in Vietnamese, but I'm not judged for it because it's my second language. Even though I fumble on my words, people encourage me for trying. Yet, when it's the exact same thing, but for someone with English as their second language, and they're struggling to find the right words, then we have a problem with that. The fact that people are looked down upon simply because they aren't fluent in English is really a shame. Akiki argues that these microaggressions are so subtle that they go unnoticed. But I think we should take it a step further and claim that these attacks go unnoticed because it's an American thing to do. There's an unwritten rule that when you're in America, you should only speak English. But take a look in Europe, and you'll see that many people there can speak two languages. And if foreigners can't speak their language, they're extremely accommodating. And so instead of being so judgmental, I think we should be more embracing. Let's encourage others to speak their native language. No one should feel the need to suppress their past. Otherwise, we're making ethnic minorities' experiences invisible, and that really marginalizes them and their stories. Another thing that we should do is to show interest in their language rather than questioning why they aren't speaking English. It's not right to put restrictions on how someone expresses themselves. Finally, this all starts with letting others speak their native language. It should be celebrated as a good thing, not a bad thing. Our differences aren't what tears us apart. It's what make us who we are.
0: Thank you for joining us today for a bowl of Asian American Issues, After Thought. Join us for the next bowl of delicious issues. Oh,